You know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what they really have? The streaming service actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the good old US of A. That means you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows. Unless, of course, you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location, protecting your devices from unwanted snooping and allowing you to control where streaming services and other websites think you're located. There are over 100 different locations to choose from, which means you have access to thousands of new shows and movies no matter where you live. This doesn't just work with Netflix, it works with Disney+, Hulu, Max, a UK streamer called BBC iPlayer, and more. I was on a work trip in the UK during the final season of Game of Thrones, and I tried logging into my HBO account to watch a new episode, but the technology wouldn't let me because of geoblocking. And I wish I had this app at that moment, because I now realize how incredibly easy it is to work around that problem. Here's a more recent example. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not streaming on Netflix in the US, but I just fired up the episode where Dennis tries to have a peaceful mental health day, and technology keeps interrupting his plans. All I had to do was open ExpressVPN, connect to a UK server, refresh Netflix, and the show just popped up. It's super easy. I've also heard good things about that show called Billions, but I've never been a Showtime subscriber, so I've never seen it. But it's actually available right now on Netflix in South Korea, and with ExpressVPN, it took five seconds to switch over and start checking it out. With ExpressVPN, you get high-quality streaming from devices like your phone, laptop, tablet, and TV, and crucially, it protects your privacy and security to keep your information safe from hackers. Stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you all three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash slash film. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slash film to get three extra months completely free. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, July 14th, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to have a mini water cooler discussion. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Serretta, and joining me today is nobody. Just here by myself, talking to you over the internet, and I'm going to be discussing some of the movies, TV shows, and adventures I've been up to. There hasn't been a lot of big movie news the last couple days. I think it's probably because Comic-Con is next week. There's going to be some big announcements and reveals coming up next week, so stay tuned for that. Uh, But I've been away, and I've done some interesting things, and I thought I would share them with you. Uh, let's start. Okay, what I've been doing. So I was away this week. I went on a preview, a media preview cruise, uh, which means that Disney did host me, uh, not for Slash Film, but for our YouTube channel, Ordinary Adventures, that I have alongside Kitra. And it, they hosted us on their new Disney cruise ship, the Disney Wish. And the Disney Wish uh, is their first cruise ship in over a decade. It is their biggest cruise ship, and it's the most different. It, it is like a completely new design for what Disney is doing in cruising, which will either either people are going to love or people are going to hate. Uh, I think some longtime Disney 
uh, cruise line cruise uh, fans might not like that it's so very different. But I think new people to the Disney cruise uh, world are going to love it. So I I thought I would tell you a a bit about what it is. So uh, I think uh, the maximum capacity is like 4,000 people on our cruise. I heard it was about half capacity. They're doing a lot of press. They had a lot of travel agents. Uh, a lot of stuff was like shut down and not actually ready uh, to go. So it was just like, a, it was more of like a preview than an actual cruise itself. But uh, okay, let, let's start with, uh, the, let's start from the beginning. The, where you enter the ship is usually like the atrium. That is the hub of Disney cruise ships. Here on this ship, it's the Grand Hall and it's, it's basically like Cinderella's castle has exploded everywhere and you are now inside the castle when you get in there, uh, which is very different than other Disney cruise ships where it's uh, the whole cruise ship as a whole is kind of like celebrating nautical history and like the golden age of maritime and like, you know, wooden accents and stuff. This is very feminine, very uh, over the top, uh, very themed, and uh, I don't know, I, I kind of dig it. I, I dig that the more theming, the better for me, especially when you're, you know, you're trying, you know, you could go on a normal cruise ship or you could go on a Disney cruise ship. So if you want to go on a Disney cruise ship, I want the theming like Disney World or Disneyland. Um, there, okay, so uh, I'm trying to think of where to even begin. Uh, let's talk about uh, what they did to the adult section. So on the other previous Disney cruise ships, They used to have an adult district. And this district at night was the hub of where if you're an adult on the Disney cruise, you'd go there. There'd be game shows. There'd be bars, lounges, you know, activities, you know, a piano bar, stuff like that. They have removed the adult district and they have instead, there's adult places, but they're scattered around the ship. So there's various lounges and uh event places but they're not all in one place so it's a little bit more it takes a little bit more to navigate and to understand where things are because it's not like uh clearly defined uh but the adult lounges i think are better overall and i think the one that you're going to want to know about the most is star wars hyperspace lounge and star wars hyperspace lounge is uh (laughs) you step inside it and it is a luxurious uh, Star Wars cantina. So it's not like, you know, Oga's cantina or the cantina uh, that we've seen in Mos Eisley. This is more like Dryden Voss's yacht. It's like, up, uh, you know, upper class uh, sublight lounge on uh, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. If you've seen our videos on that, it, it's more in that style. And the, uh, the cool thing about this is you sit in this space. There's only 50 people that can fit in there. I'll get to that in a second. Um, but while you sit in there and you, you uh, consume some galactic drinks, you there is a window over uh, out looking into space. So you are in a spaceship looking into space, looking at planets below and starcrafts flying by. And every seven minutes, you make the jump to hyperspace, hence the name Hyperspace Lounge. And you get to, you know, see a new location and it, it jumps to uh, 
locations that we know within the Star Wars galaxy and also times in which we know. So like there's things going on during these moments that you might uh, connect to something has happened in Star Wars history. So any, anyways, there's that. But the drinks themselves are all like super cool, like Instagram worthy. Uh, they're, they're all like supposedly from a different planet. So like the one I got was from Tatooine and it was a Freetown Reserve uh, drink and it was made by... I don't know the the chemists they call the bartenders uh, at in star in the Star Wars world uh, chemists the chemist behind the counter he he created this concoction and it was like a mix of smoke and alcohol and it it was just the coolest thing to see I can't wait for everybody to see this we we have a video coming out on uh, the whole experience that we did on this on Ordinary Adventures so if you aren't subscribed there you know subscribe uh, but all the drinks here look. Better well, first of all, they're they are mixed live by bartenders there. So Ogus Cantina, pre-mixed, uh, still enjoyable, but uh, you know not as artisan as this. And I actually think the drinks here are probably better than the Sublight Lounge on the Galactic Star Cruiser. That said, the the aesthetics, the you know looking around the room, the theming. Very, very minimal. I was kind of disappointed by this. I kind of wish that they had gone with more of a a uh, grungy cantina aesthetic where they could have uh, made it feel like you're more in the Star Wars galaxy than a... I, I get it. We're on a luxury cruise liner and you want to make it feel luxury, but there hasn't been many places that we visited in the Star Wars movies and TV shows that have felt of that richness so i i wish it felt more grungy and dirty and um they had a couple artifacts and stuff in there that are fun but nothing like you know super duper amazing everybody's going to want to go in here this is going to be the thing that everybody that gets on the ship is going to want to see uh during our journey it was closed during the day for like media they were doing some uh video shoots and stuff like that and it was open at night and in within the first night it's they did reservations and within the first uh few hours of that night it had sold out for the entire the reservation had sold out for the entire journey so i don't know what it's going to be like when it's a normal cruising uh uh capacity of the ship because like i said this is half capacity and it was probably more adults than normally so there's probably more people wanting to get in there especially uh you know, press and travel agents, everybody wants to see it. But I, I think Disney has underestimated how many people are going to want to be in a Star Wars bar and they're going to have a problem with the, the 50 seat capacity. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, they had a bunch of other lounges. Uh, I'm not going to mention them all because there's there's too much. I actually, we actually in our three day cruise didn't get to see everything. Uh, the other one I wanted to touch on is the Bayou. And this is based on Princess and the Frog. And you go in there and there's like uh, water lilies covering the ceiling. Uh, it's like a, a live entertainment venue. You can order beignets. Uh, they have drinks inspired by like New Orleans classics like the Hurricane. Um, it's a fun venue. And there's also, oh, one last one. There's Nightingales, which is like a piano bar. Uh, it's, it's very small. Uh, it's usually someone playing piano, maybe like, you know, 
playing piano music of Disney classics or just even other things. Sometimes it's not Disney. Sometimes it's just, uh, you know, cool songs. And uh, it's a cool place to get a, get a drink. And in, in that bar, it's all like inspired by bubbles, like the scene in um, Cinderella. So the drinks are all bubbles. There's like smoke bubble drinks where it comes to your table and there's uh, it's a drink, but on the top of it is this bubble that has smoke inside. Then there's another drink that you, it's like a frozen bubble and you have to crack it open. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of like cool, everything's like experiential, like with this, they have made some big changes in making it all an experience. And that, that is something I'm really loving with this new Disney cruise ship. Uh, let's, let's, Jump forward to the dinners. There's three different restaurants. It's called rotational dining. So when you when you book a Disney cruise, you have dinner every night in a different restaurant, and your server comes with you, and that is amazing. Your servers, all the cast members on the cruise are, like, incredible. But a ser- I've never had a bad server on a Disney cruise, and the fact that they stay with you throughout your entire journey is cool because if you order, like, if, you know, I like uh, Coke Zero, and every night, you know, my, my waiter would have the Coke Zero ready for me. And, uh, you know, they, they know what you like. They know what you they, – they, they are very, very helpful and accommodating and they are amazing anyways so there's three different restaurants here that are included on this cruise ship the one that i think everybody here is going to most want to hear about is the worlds of marvel so this is when you walk into it you feel like you're walking into a futuristic uh, restaurant created by tony stark there's like glowing stuff there's stark reactors on the ceiling uh there's screens everywhere and on every table is uh this quantum device that was created by pym and the storyline is that you are there eating but you're also there to preview some technology that uh, was created by uh, pym technologies and of course, so on screen, you have Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, you have uh, the Wasp, and they they are presenting this technology. Things go wrong. I'm not going to spoil what exactly happens, but most of the stuff occurs on the screens. You're like watching as you're having dinner, there's, you know, some bad guys show up on the ship and you are watching as uh, as madness is going on as these marvel bad guys are attacking the ship and uh marvel superheroes not even just uh wasp and antman but a bunch of other superheroes that you might not expect show up to save help save the day and that uh you know you have these quantum devices on each of the table and at one point you actually are required or asked to help participate and uh defeat the bad guy and you're able to use the device it's fun I, I will say that it was more of a I was a little disappointed in the fact that it's not as interactive as uh, some of the other Disney dining experiences on on cruise lines in the past like uh, animators palette is a lot of screens and you're watching stuff on screens but like in that experience you get to like draw your own character and at the end of the show your character comes to life on the screens it's really cool here it's a little less interactive in that sense uh ant-man and the wasp do show up uh there is some gigantic food it's not the food that you're eating that's that my other criticism is 
that you I, I was expecting it to be more like Pim's Test Kitchen at Avengers Campus, where it's going to be this fun takes on food, where it's going to be like you know a gigantic pretzel or a small you know like things that have been enlarged or you know shrunk and it's not really that the food was kind of just standard cruise food which in disney terms is still very very good and very very enjoyable but it's just not as fun as i was expecting it to be but i think any person who's a fan of marvel is going to enjoy this restaurant Paul Rudd is hilarious. Who I'm not sure if it's a combination of uh, him improving some stuff and whoever wrote and directed this. It like it feels like you are watching. You're kind of inside a Marvel movie, watching it uh, from inside the ship as it's happening uh, around the ship, and it, it, it's fun. It, it's a lot of fun. You will get a kick out of it. Uh, the second uh, restaurant was something I wasn't expecting to love, but it was both. Mine and Ketra's favorite, and that is Arendelle. This is the first frozen restaurant from Disney, uh, not just on cruise lines, but also on land. And uh, the the premise of this is that you are going to Anna and Kristoff's engagement party, and it you, you are eating in a place that looks like Arendelle, and on stage, the stage is in the center of the room. They have uh, Anna, they have... Elsa, they have Kristoff, they have Oaken. Oh, there's Olaf. They have the first animatronic. Uh, animatronic during a restaurant show. He actually is on a cart and gets wheeled around. He can come to your table and talk to you. Uh, but the thing about this restaurant was the music. I don't care what you think about Frozen as in Frozen 2 as movies. Uh, the music in those movies is absolutely beautiful and they had some i'm not sure if it's gonna be the same performers every cruise i mean it can't be because they're not working well maybe they are working seven days a week who knows but the performers that we saw perform on stage that night were breathtaking like it was just like the music it, it made Ketra cry a few times made her cry uh, made me tear up once like it was just so beautiful uh to say that that can happen at a dinner experience on a Disney cruise is I think I think the top of what you can say about anything uh, you know it's like you would expect this to be like just a show for kids and adults get to like eat some some good food but like it, it's not that this is the showmanship on display here at this restaurant it's just top notch. The food is also interesting because a lot of it is inspired by Icelandic, like uh, Nordic uh, kind of food. It, so there's there, there's some safe choices. You know, I went with a steak, uh, but Ketra went with some stuff that was kind of out of her comfort zone, stuff that she hadn't had before. So it, it's, it's interesting that they have that there. Uh, especially in a, uh, like a Disney thing where I, I feel like a lot of the tourists that gravitate to Disney are going more for like safe choices. So I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to change over time or not. Uh, but the other restaurant is 1923. That is the year that Walt Disney uh, Pictures was founded. And the restaurant is a is like a inspired by old Hollywood restaurants the, it feels like an old Hollywood restaurant. And the cool thing about this is usually all the restaurants, because everybody's eating together every night on a cruise ship, are these huge 
spaces. And with this, they decided to split it up into two different restaurants. So there's the Walt Disney restaurant and there's the Roy Disney restaurant. I've heard that they're, they're pretty much replicated. So it's not like you're getting like, you know, you want the Walt Disney and you don't want the Roy or something like that. Um, but even those spaces are split into like small rooms. So it feels more intimate and it feels more akin to what I've experienced in premium dining restaurants on like Royal Caribbean ships where it feels more like uh, not like this big cavernous uh, main dining food hall. And the uh, not only is the decor inspired by old school Hollywood, but uh, the walls are, you know, covered with concept art, maquettes, um, things that were used or actually probably replicas but replicas of things that were used in the making of uh, Disney films all the way from uh, the first Disney animated movies up until Frozen 2 so all around the place uh, food was very very good and uh, I guess so now that we've talked about the adult lounge we've talked about dinners the other thing I want to talk about is the the big shows that they have on the cruise ship. So on this ship, there's, you know, they're doing three nights. So they have three shows. The opening night show is called seize the adventure S E A S. uh, But of course it's a pun on the words and it, the premise of the show is Minnie mouse is the, (laughs) is the captain of the ship uh, in the Disney canon. And basically she needs to go do something Goofy is, you know, cleaning the deck and she asks Goofy to take the helm of the ship and Goofy's not confident. So uh, he basically goes through a bunch of dis- different uh, Disney films and musical numbers like uh, Brave and a bunch of others. It is a delight uh, basically to try to convince Goofy that he has the confidence to be the captain of the ship. Uh wasn't finished it, it seemed like it wasn't finished but from what we saw uh it was good we're, we're on this journey uh you know days before the maiden voyage and it's been kind of delayed and it, I, they have not had enough time to finish these shows but from what we saw it was a delight uh the second show is aladdin which is something that has been offered in disney california adventure park and on other cruise ships and that was not ready there was some stuff that either didn't arrive or wasn't working so they actually had to cancel the show and then the third show was also canceled uh, that is a show uh the little mermaid it was canceled the day before the show and then a few hours before the show they announced you know what we have gotten a Dress rehearsal up and running. If you want to attend the dress rehearsal, this is the first time that anybody in public has seen this show. Come see it. So we, we, we went into the beautiful Walt Disney Theater. By the way, this theater on the ship is incredible. Only thing I have to complain is the seats are a little bit tight. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm obviously I'm a bigger guy, but even smaller people were kind of complaining about it. The uh, Little Mermaid is not a complete recreation of the walt disney animated classic it the premise is kind of a bit weird i will say in that it it's about a bunch of people on the beach who find a chest with the artifacts from the little mermaid and then they try to reconstruct the story and then it ends up being basically an adaptation of the little mermaid 
I almost don't think that they need that uh, that first scene where they find the artifacts and then like it, it feels like it's just a way to show these people these actors and actresses uh, you know w- without their costumes and stuff on I don't know I that felt a little weird I will say that the the performance of this musical was great the the mu- the the singing the stage numbers everything just like on honestly it is amazing what disney is able to accomplish at sea it's it's better than some broadway caliber shows i've seen on land in the the stage itself walt disney theater it has so much technology it has like this projection mapping that can map every inch of the stage like not just the stage but like the surrounding area so when you are under the sea and you look up at the ceiling you see the waves above you as if you were underwater and it, it is incredible it is all immersive um I'm, I'm excited to see what the show is actually is when it's finished because there was stuff missing there was like at one point in like the kiss the girl scene <laughs> there was like no boat so they're, they're obviously missing some props and this is like one of their first run-throughs but uh i, I think for the, their first run-through it was actually quite very good um they did i, I will say it was weird casting in in some sense that like uh triton uh the guy that played triton was basically i want to say maybe just a couple beers older than the woman playing ariel so I'm not sure if that worked for me because, you know, it's supposed to be the elder. But other than that, uh, I, I thought that the entire cast was was great. It was a, a great show, and I think people are going to love it when it's when it's finished. Lastly, um, it, there's so much to talk to talk about, but we, we don't have that much time on this podcast. And I, I hope that if you are interested in this, you check out the videos that we made because we, we filmed three days worth of videos that are going to be on Ordinary Adventures um, showing you everything because just talking about it, it does not do it justice. Um, the the pool decks and the adult areas, and here's where I'm probably going to be a little bit more critical. I feel like this ship is like 85% improvement over the previous Disney ships. And then I feel like there's... 15% or so that is a huge step back from what they they had going and the pool deck is a little a bit of both okay so first of all they have the first attraction at sea the aqua mouse this is a water roller coaster you get in like a water raft and it brings you up a lift hill where there's you're basically put in one of the new Mickey Mouse cartoons or screens on the walls showing you the story and there's water effects that squirt you. And then when you get to the top of the lift hill, you are let go on this, you know, <laughs> this, uh, you know, water roller coaster ride that takes you all over the ship over the, uh, the probably the funnest part is there's one part that it kind of jets out over the ocean and it's in a clear tube and you, you can actually see the ocean below you. Um, it's, it's about a two minute ride. It's a lot of fun. That is an improvement. I think for sure. Uh, they had a pirate deck party, which was like this rock and roll show and, uh, the pirate red from pirates of the Caribbean. The, the ride is the, the main star and is performing all this like 
seventies, eighties rock hit. It was so much fun. Um, but uh, the pools, I was a little disappointed in the pools. They have decided to to quantity over quality. I, th- I would say there um, a lot more pools this time around, but they're smaller and less deep. And uh, I'm not sure if I like that. And more specifically, I don't like what they did to the adult areas. So the adult area on like a ship like the Disney Wonder is kind of rather large. You get a large pool. Uh, Some of them actually even have a pool with a, um, uh, you can go up to a bar in the water. I'm not sure what that's called. But um, here they have this infinity pool on the back of the ship and it's rather small and every time I went back there, it was like people soup. There was so many people in there. It, it did not look appetizing. Um, it just seemed so like Disney. I don't know. I, I'd like to see what it's like on a normal cruise. Uh, because, you know, obviously there's more adults on this one than probably normal. Uh, it being travel agents and media and stuff like that. But it, it seems entirely too small. Much like Hyperspace Lounge, I think there are going to be two problems here. Um, and I don't know, it, it just it used to be quiet and f- like a place to relax for adults. And when I was back there, there was like people with their like mini like boombox kind of things playing off their phone, like music, and it felt more of a party pool than a quiet cove pool. So I'm a, a little bit worried that that, that is not uh step up that's a step down I, I mean i'm not worried i know this is a step down because i feel like the, what we had on the the previous disney ships was was better for for an adult who trying to get away so i think there's going to be some complaints about that i think they're gonna when they eventually do a dry dock to the ship i think they're gonna have to expand the adult area maybe take over the chippendale pool which is up uh, a few decks put a bar over there I don't know. It, it, it just seems a little weird. It seems it, I, I get that Disney ships are, you know, prioritizing uh, children and families. But I feel like the families and adults usually end up using the those areas and uh, they've kind of shrunk on the ship. And I think that's going to be uh, something that people are going to complain about. But we'll see. I could be totally wrong. I would love to see what it's like on, on, on a normal sailing I will say that we were on the ship for three days. One of the days was at Castweeki, uh, which is Disney's private island, which is incredible. We did not. We got off the ship for thirty minutes just to take a photo outside, um, but we we just had to, there was so much to do on the ship that we didn't have time to you know actually go on the island. And this ship is right now doing three and four day cruises. That's the longest you can do. I I feel like this is a seven day ship. We did. We were on there for three days. We were unable to do. I want to say, uh, we probably did sixty percent. We saw sixty percent of the ship. Uh, we, we there was a large portion we didn't see, and they didn't even have have. They didn't even have all the entertainment and stuff going on in there that they normally have because they were doing all the media and stuff like that. So you know, obviously, there's all the stuff that you love from Disney. There's you know, there's characters doing meeting greets all over the place there's a kids area that we got to explore that i just don't have time to talk about on this podcast but um totally immersive totally like i i wish i was a kid 
going on this cruise ship because like you know there's an imagineering room where you can go on the the kids area and actually learn to create rides and actually build rides and they have uh, these motion simulators where you can actually ride the the rides that you create and build um there's a, a Marvel area where you can actually train alongside the Avengers who actually show up and you can build your own suits and all this crazy stuff. Uh, the Star Wars area is a cargo bay and they have a lot of Star Wars creatures, including porgs, like animatronics. I don't know. It, it is a, it would be a kid's dream come true. I, I, I mean, it's my dream come true. As an adult. So, uh, but it was, it was, we had a lot of fun. Uh, it felt too short at three days. I'm used to like doing seven day cruises when, when we do these cruise trips. And I, I really do feel like this ship is huge. There's so much to do. There's so much to see. You know, there's also adult like premium restaurant uh, dining. Like uh, Paolo is a, a favorite on the Disney Cruise Line. It's an Italian restaurant. Here it's an Italian restaurant slash steakhouse. They have Enchante, which is a restaurant from a three-star Michelin chef. And there's a bar called The Rose, which we also didn't get to see. There was so much. There's so much we didn't get to see and experience. So, um, well, we, we are going back. We, we're scheduled to go back. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because it, it's definitely not a, you know, you get bored after a couple of days on this ship. But, okay, so that's what I've been up to the last uh, few days. You know, I've been on that ship. Uh, I Before going on the ship, I did see Thor Love and Thunder. It's funny. I could have actually saw Thor Love and Thunder on the ship because they have two movie theaters on the ship. We didn't even get a chance to step into either of the movie theaters. Uh, but I, that's another big change from previous Disney ships. They usually had one movie theater. Here they decided to make two smaller theaters, which makes it so they can run a movie every like you know hour or so. So it kind of like overlaps each other. And they get to show... Disney movies that are in theaters right now and, uh, you know, previous films too. So, uh, anyways, I, I did not see Thor Love and Thunder on the shop. I saw it before and I was disappointed. I was so disappointed in Thor Love and Thunder. I had fun. It's hard not to have fun in a Taika Waititi movie, but it felt kind of messy. It, it felt like half the movie wanted to be this fun like almost slapsticky at times comedy and then the other portion of the film had this like really uh you know serious story about cancer and then there's the the villain who has lost a, a daughter and it's i don't know it's hard to balance those two things and they're at the exact opposite of the spectrum and i feel like the final cut, the theatrical cut of this film, I don't know what the first cut of the film was like, but the theatrical cut of this film does not do a great job in balancing them. I, If you had told me at the beginning of the year that I would have loved Miss Marvel way more than I would love Thor Love and Thunder, as someone who is a huge Tycho fan, a uh, huge, uh, you know, I love Thor Ragnarok. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy, my favorite, star, uh, my favorite Marvel characters. Uh, I would have called you crazy, but but here we are. And th th lastly, uh, I don't think I've gotten a chance to talk about this on uh, this podcast. The thing I, I watched last month uh, was a series on YouTube from this YouTuber named Ryan Trahan. He did the series where he was vlogging every day for 30 days, and it was a 
it was he started in Los Angeles with a penny, a penny. Uh, obviously, he has his clothes, a backpack, a camera, his phone, and uh, a couple changes of shirts and pants. But aside from that, he just has a penny, and he had 30 days to make it across the country to uh, North Carolina. And I'll, I'll give you the gist of it. So, you know, he takes the penny and goes up to someone and tries to trade the penny for a pen. Someone trades him the pen. And then he goes up to someone and tries to trade the pen for a water bottle. And he gets the water bottle. And he goes to the beach and sells the water bottle for $2. And then he takes the $2 and he buys something else to sell. So it's it, it's kind of like this, uh, him trying to turn nothing into something and that something being not only being able to house and uh, feed him for 30 days, but also get him across the country to accomplish the challenge. And he was actually raising money for feeding America. Uh, so feeding homeless, feeding those in need. Um, and uh, it's every episode people could donate money to feeding America. And if someone donated $50,000, uh, something would happen what's called the great reset and the great reset basically brings him back down to a penny so if he was at like you know two hundred dollars if someone donated fifty thousand dollars to this charity it would bring him back down to a penny he would he'd still remain wherever he was and he'd still have any of the stuff that was in his inventory still but uh it, it was kind of this interactive uh it's this genius interactive experiment where watching this journey over the course of 30 days and seeing, can he make it? How is he going to be able to, you know, turn a penny again into something? How is he going to do it and make it entertaining? Because, you know, obviously he's not going to do the same thing over and over again. Um, but it was it was just a delightful series. If you have not seen this series, I would say just start at the first video. Uh, it has millions and millions and millions of views. And it's... Uh, literally 30 days of entertainment that uh, both Kitcher and I got out of watching Ryan Trahan on YouTube. And it was, it was the thing that when we turned the TV on, it was the thing that we would watch first every single day. It, it was just, yeah, it was, it was great. Anyways. Okay. That brings us to the end of today's slash from daily. You can find more of all of our work at slash from.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at com, And please rate and read this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything you need for your next project today at Menards and save big money. LP Smart Side products are the number one brand of engineered wood siding. Smart Side trim and siding offers long lasting performance and delivers the warmth and beauty of traditional wood. Save big money today at Menards and LP Smart Side products. Plus, visit menards.com to view the weekly flyer and check out all of our great deals happening this week. Save